You're listening to the Auburn Express. Powered by the War Report. All aboard the AM departure from platform 334, the Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. What's up, War Report family? We are back with another great edition of the Auburn Express, powered by the War Report. Joining me, one of my favorite guests, Jake Crane from Crane & Co. You can catch them over on the Daily Wire. They're doing great work over there. Uh, Jake, his brother, (laughs) uh, and and a bunch of cool guests that they bring on every single week, keeping us informed about the goings-on all over college football. But he's here to talk about Auburn today. Jake, you freeze. It's got his road opener versus Texas A&M in College Station. Uh, Let's talk about who these teams are, right? Like, who is Texas A&M right now? What kind of team is Auburn facing on Saturday? Well, you know, you're you're facing a team that that does have a lot of talent. Uh, You're facing a team that I think has kind of had somewhat of a rebirth offensively with Bobby Petrino. Uh, They're playing faster than they've played. I mean, you know, Bobby's really good formationally. Uh, He understands how to out leverage you by formation. And and then he's got a counter to everything. And he calls plays to set up other plays. They're very, they're young, but very talented on the outside at wide receiver. Uh, The offensive line and the defensive line, I think has underperformed somewhat considering what I expected, what a lot of people expected, including the A&M fan base. They're not running the ball as well uh, as I thought they'd be able to defensively from a rushing the passer standpoint. Uh, they haven't been great either. Look, Miami's the only game that they were really tested in, if we're going to mm. be honest. Uh, but Connor Wegman's a hell of a player. I- I'm telling okay. you right now, uh, a guy that that you know we were very excited about in the offseason. He's got nuance. He's got enough wiggle to extend the play inside the pocket and outside the pocket. He's got a, a great grasp of what's in front of him, diagnosing coverages, checking protections, getting them into the right plane. I think he's got a really good rapport with Petrino. But but there are some holes in this roster. You know, they stayed in the same defense uh, basically the whole time against Miami. The adjustments defensively, schematically, or lack thereof, surprised me. Uh, the, the DeBerry kid that transferred from Boston College at corner is a really good player. Uh, but I think they have underperformed so far. Uh, up front, which is something that we thought was going to be a cog of their team. And and look, there's still time to turn it around. So it's a quality ball club, and, and I'm going to get to the pressure they're under. That affects it. Uh, but it's it's a team that if you can throw a punch early and you can hang around, you can kill some of their hope. And and there are holes there, and, and I think Auburn isn't going to be left dead to the water up front, at least from what I've seen so far from A&M. Oh, man. Listen, it's going to be interesting to see – uh, again, who they are on Saturday. Uh, you mentioned the Miami game, right? They put up 33 points uh, versus Miami in that one. They got 48 scored on them. Uh, but that game was 31-26 at halftime. Uh, uh, you talked about Connor Wegman there. He's 70% on the season. His adjusted is is almost 80%, Jake. So uh, Texas A&M has four drops. His receivers have dropped four clear balls for him this season. Uh, mm-hmm. On the outside, they've got Evan Stewart and Anaya Smith. Can you talk about the receivers? Uh, that Auburn will be facing on Saturday. Yeah, it's it's a great matchup, room to room. I, I do want to say one of the interceptions that Connor Stone, remember, he didn't throw a pick all last year through limited time and, and had mm. until the Miami game. And the first one he threw, the receiver slipped 
on a basic. It wasn't on him. He put the ball where it had to be. The receiver just fell down. If you go back and watch the tape, but on the outside, I mean, Evan Stewart's an NFL player. Uh, he's a guy that that's very creative uh, when he has the ball in his hands. He does duck the smoke sometimes, though. You go back in that Miami game, there's a couple third downs where he just ran out of bounds instead of trying to lower his head, get the first down, or make a move and get the first down. But if he gets it in space, especially if you're in man coverage with not a lot of help behind you, uh, it can be a problem. You look at, at uh, Anaya Smith, another guy that's very twitchy, uh, a guy that has a lot of experience, a guy that understands the route tree. He's good vertically. He's good in the intermediate. He's good in the short game. And then you got Noah Brown as well, um, a, a young player that's bigger. He's kind of the, their rangier guy, their 50-50 ball guy that can go up and get the rebound. And, and they're pretty deep, but they're pretty young behind that. Uh, you never know who's going to be able to hit you and win. That's the scary part with, with AM on the outside. And then, you know, you have Donovan Green at tight end, who's very capable as well. So Connor's got a really good uh, 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 platter, I guess is the best way to put it, uh, of guys that can play outside at, at Z or X, guys that can play at Y on the inside at the slot, and then obviously the tight end. Uh, so, so I will say one thing that's kind of held them back, and I know we're talking about the receivers, from a pressure standpoint, they haven't been great at being able to protect the passer, and that's something that I'm sure we'll get into with, uh, with Auburn here in a second. Uh, but as far as the skill group, this is uh, this is a pretty upper echelon uh, team. Mm. Uh, they certainly have been recruiting at a high level. Hugh Freeze pointed out in Monday's press conference, he said, we're getting ready to play a string of teams who have been like in the top you know, set, seven in recruiting. Mm -hmm. So he's certainly well aware of the talent that they're facing on Saturday. Uh, let's jump to how these teams match up. Um, you, you know, we hit on the wide receivers versus Auburn's defensive back room. Let's talk about this from the Auburn side. Auburn has been lights out in that defensive backfield. Jalen Simpson leads the SEC in interceptions right now. They will be without Keontae Scott on Saturday. He had surgery earlier this week, uh, so he's going to be out. Um, but Donovan Kaufman and Kayan Lee will presumably step in there. What What do you feel about? Connor Wegman and these receivers versus off uh, Auburn's defensive backfield and who wins in this matchup? Well, I mean, it's, it's best on best. I mean, uh, again, we knew Auburn's secondary was going to be talented. They're adding players that, that you brought up to be able to bring some more depth to that group. Look, I, I think it all, it's always a yin and a yang in football. I think it comes down if Auburn get a pass rush or not. I, I'm not worried about DJ James and Donovan Kaufman and all these guys, if the plays go in the regular amount of time, if Auburn can't rush the passer and Connor Wegman can sit back there, I don't care if you got Deion Sanders and Ed Reed and, and the greatest DBs of all time, you can't cover these guys for seven seconds, for six and a half, seven seconds. Mm. So a lot of it's going to be dictated on if Auburn can get Connor Wegman off his spot if they can make him have to be a speed reader uh, and put the ball in harm's way, maybe overthrow a guy and, and make a play uh, there at safety. Uh, also in the blitz packages too, how many cat fires corner blitzes are you going to bring? We've seen Donovan Kaufman be a guy that's been used in the blitz packages. And Ron Roberts is known for throwing a Dr. Seuss book at people when it comes to bringing <laughs> pressures. So uh, a, a lot of it is going to be dictated on whether Auburn feels good enough about getting to the passer. Cause if you, if you have to bring pressure, Typically, you have to play man behind it. And if the pressure doesn't get there, you're really putting your DBs, especially the corners, out on an island. And the way that, that Bobby Petrino manipulates safeties and puts pressure on safeties, especially in man coverage, and look, it's zone until it's man. That's one of the oldest sayings that there is. Okay. Uh, but if Auburn's able to get pressure 
I think these DBs can not only lock it down, but cause some turnovers and maybe steal some points by getting a pick six or maybe putting Auburn in field position where the, the at worst you get a field goal. Uh, but a lot of it's going to come down to Auburn's ability to rush the passer. So I'm excited to see these matchups. Uh, you're going to have good on good. There's a lot of future guy, uh, future Sunday guys that are going to be playing in the backfield, not wide for both these teams. Uh, so I, I'm excited about it. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I, again, I agree with you. That's strength on strength there. Uh, let's talk about the Auburn run game versus the AM rush defense. Uh, what is Auburn facing? I, although they do lead the SEC in yards per game at 250 yards per game on the ground, uh, the competition through only three weeks has to be taken into account in that number. Uh, but I would, you know, from in my opinion, Auburn's running backs have maybe underwhelmed a little bit so far this season. Uh, what do you feel about how they're going to do on the ground versus AM rush defense? Well, you know, the the looking at AM and in, in the front seven, uh, it, it was kind of crazy. If you'd have told me that that Miami would have scored 48 points and, and run the checkup on AM offensively, I would have thought, hey, Mario Cristobal team, they got a young offensive line, but they're really, really talented. They ran the ball on them and hit a couple play action plays. That's not how it went down. Mm-hmm. Miami was three step, five step drop getting the ball out, working the combinations, working it down the field. I mean, it it was a a tutorial by Tyler Van Dyke on how to be able to go through reads, recognize coverages, and get the ball where it's supposed to go and then throw the check down uh, when you're supposed to throw it. So when it comes to run defense and and looking at at really the offensive line of Auburn versus the defensive line of A&M, Auburn hasn't been super sexy in the run game, right? You haven't had a ton of explosive runs of 40 yards or 70 yards, but you've really been making a profit on a lot of the runs. You've been able to stay on schedule most times, getting into second and six, uh, getting into second and five, staying on schedule, staying ahead of the change chains. But at some point, you've got to start hitting explosive plays in that run game to be able to really, really open up the play-action game and then the RPO game to allow Peyton to be able to pull the ball and throw the ball because that nickel or slot corner, whatever you want to call it, is worried about being heavy in the run game or that down safety is worried about being heavy in the run game, then all of a sudden the slot receiver sneaks behind him. So I think this Auburn offensive line is a good offensive line uh, about what we thought they were going to be, better than what we've seen, but you're going up against some guys in A&M and McKinley and Shamar Stewart and these guys that is a lot different flavor ice cream than you've gone up against recently. And look, Cal loaded the box. Uh, There was a lot of times where the math was against Auburn. I think A&M is going to play it a little bit more even. I don't think they're going to go heavy and say, all right, beat us on the outside. And if you beat one guy, you score a touchdown. Uh, So I, I think it's a little more even than what people think. But Auburn has got to be able to start hitting some explosive plays in, in the ground game, whether that's yeah. Peyton Thorne keeping it, whether that's giving the ball on the zone read action or the RPO action. So I don't think it's as overwhelming as what I think possibly the AM offensive line versus the defensive line when they just rush four could be. Okay, uh, look, we talked about Connor Wegman versus the Auburn defensive backfield. Let's talk about Peyton Thorne uh, versus the AM defensive backfield. Uh, I feel pretty strongly... Auburn is probably going to have to win this on Payne Thorne's arm. Uh, you know, what are your feelings about Payne Thorne and what he has to do to make Auburn a winner in this one? Well, you know, I I think in in my mind, uh, we've answered the question: Does Peyton Thorne run well enough to be hmm. a threat in the system that Hugh and them want to run? And I think the answer to that is yes. And and I know. 
you know, Samford doesn't have, they have a lot more insurance salesmen out there than they have NFL players running around on defense. Sure. And there's nothing wrong with that. But you can tell when a guy can run. And, and Peyton actually runs a little bit better than what I thought. Where I've been disappointed with Peyton Thorne is his ability to read the RPO action. And that's not saying he's misreading it every time, but to be successful in this system, you have to read it right at about a 95% clip. And I know that sounds very high to people. Oh my God, not it's tough to get 95% of anything right. Um, uh, you know, I don't know if I go the right way home 95% of the time, and I've lived here for over a year. But when you're looking at one thing in this RPO action, whether that be looking at the nickel through the defensive end, whether that be just focusing on the defensive end because there isn't a passing element, you need to be 95%. And I think there's been times, and I'm not talking about just in the true dropback game. You go back, there were some misreads he's, he's had in games. Look at the Cal game. I challenge people to go back, and even on the good plays, sometimes it's a misread. Go back to the Cal game when he hit Jay Fair on that crossing route where Jay Fair scored a touchdown. Go watch Jarquez Hunter running the wheel route. You tell me what the right right read was. That was a bust by Cal on defense. It should have been a walk-in into the end zone on the wheel route. Well, Peyton read the wide, the edge defender wrong in the intermediate passing game, and Jay Fair had to break a tackle to be able to go score. So it's not just the RPO reading it right. Then you look at Sanford. He throws it into quadruple coverage almost uh, with, with the crosser running wide open underneath. You know, there's nothing but air and opportunity in front of him. So it's crazy, and it's not crazy, but... The, the question of Auburn being able to be effective and Peyton Thorne to be effective isn't can Peyton Thorne run or can Peyton Thorne throw. It's can Peyton Thorne read. And mm. he has to read at a very high level. You've got to go, speaking of Dr. Seuss, from a Dr. Seuss book you know, to reading a Jordan Peterson theory article or whatever. That's how much of a step up in being able to read and comprehend that Peyton Thorne's going to have to do against a Mm, love me some Jordan Peterson. Love that reference. Uh, let's talk about Auburn on the outside here uh, with the receivers. Uh, Hugh Freeze has repeatedly said that five and six are his best receivers. That's Jay Fair and Javaris Johnson. Uh, they're not very tall, right? So, uh, you know, from a technical standpoint, both those guys are slot guys. I assume we're going to see some different formations that may include both of them on the field at the same time. You know, Fairweather has emerged the guy that we thought he would be in camp mm. and just a playmaker that's He's catching good. the ball. Yeah, I know I know he plays tight end, but he is uh, a ball catcher. Jake, talk about these all just all these Auburn receivers and you know what do they have to do to win matchups in this one versus AM and help their quarterback, which will be Peyton Thorne. You know, I, I, I when, when I watch the guys on the outside, I mean, I mean, you look at some of the body types that Auburn has, and you're like, what, what, why can't you make plays? Like, you, mm. you look at Camden Brown, you look at Hooks, and Hooks scored a touchdown uh, last game. So, I mean, he's he's gotten gotten off the schneid a little bit. But we know the slot players can play. We know who Jay Fair is. We know who VAR is. We know that Fairweather can come out in 11 personnel. You can line him up in the slot, and he'd be fine. I think, you know, we've seen him line up. You can put him on the outside and he's fine, but you can't live that way, right? And here's here's the problem that Auburn's going to run into. You're going to have two problems. One, they don't think you're good enough on the outside, so they'll lock up on the outside and be able to put numbers in the box to help stop the run and not be afraid of it. Or number two, when you do get in passing downs and they can pin their ears back in front, you're going to get a lot of man free, especially when you get in two by two. Because what they do in man free is they lock you up on the outside, playing man, obviously. Then on the inside, 
They play outside leverage and funnel you to that one safety that's in the sky who's playing deeper than the deepest. So basically, the field goes from 53 and a third yards wide to about 35 yards wide. And that's a big problem when you're trying to take advantage of every blade of grass and every area that a defense has to defend. Because if I'm more spread out, then I have more ground to cover, then I can't narrow your focus and I can't make it easier to be able to let my guys play in a box instead of playing in a warehouse. That's what we used to say on defense. So a lot of it is I think they got to relax a little bit, Mike. I feel like they're pressing and thinking too much. Not saying that you don't want to think. I'm not Justin Fields out here. But what I'm saying is you got to be able to just let it go sometimes. Sometimes you got to be Elsa from Frozen, man. Just let it go. Let it go. And maybe that they've watered down a little bit of, of some of the choice routes and some of the things they're doing on the outside. But these guys can play. They just got to go relax and go play. And I, I know that sounds very like, oh, well, if it was that easy, they'd be doing it. It's not as easy as what you think it is, especially in the game, especially when you may be getting different looks. And if there is an ounce, an ounce of doubt on the outside, it's the same thing at DB. It's the same thing at corner. If there is an ounce of doubt in your mind, you're already beat. So they know what to do. They know how to do it. They just need to go do it. And all it takes, you know, to quote Rick Moranis from Little Giants, it's just that one time. It's that one play. Making that one play, right? It's hitting that fastball one time hard the other way to show that you can do it. And if they do that this weekend, Auburn's offense can become complete. And now you can make defense have to defend 53 and a third yards wide. And that's when this offensive system really starts to cook out big chunk plays consistently. Uh, let's talk about these two teams in the trenches, Jake. Uh, Auburn's defensive line versus AM's O line. Uh, AM's D line versus Auburn's O line. Mm-hmm. The AM offensive line is giving up a ton of pressure on Connor yeah. Wakeman so far. Like, so uh, he's doing a great job, in my opinion under the circumstances, in the current circumstances, just avoiding pressure and getting the ball out of his hands. What does Auburn's D-line have to do to create meaningful pressure on Connor Wegman and win that matchup and maybe force him into some bad bad throws? Yeah, uh, look, I, I think, and and look, I'm, I'm all for diving into numbers, and I mean, you can crunch it all the way down to certain things. The biggest problem AM has right now and why they're giving up so much pressure is because they're getting into third and predictable. They're not able to run the ball well enough to be able to get in third and threes. They're not running the ball well enough to be able to get in second and ones where you can take the play action and take the shot over the top and still feel good about it. They're getting in predictable pass downs. And if you're in a down where I know that you're going to pass, as a defensive end or a defensive lineman in general, I can lick my chops and pin my ears back and go get it. Not only that, if it's third and seven or third and eight, I'm putting in a rush package that is specifically designed to rush the passer and put the offensive line in conflict. Uh, I, this is why you brought Ron Roberts in, if you're Hugh Freeze, for, for being able to kind of balance out the personnel level with looks, with bluffs, all it is is playing poker. I don't think Auburn's going to be able to get there consistently with four. I hope I'm wrong because if they do, it's going to be a long day for AM's offense. But there's different ways to bring four. It's not just lining up in an overfront. It's not just lining up in an underfront and having people, you know, rush the shoulder, work back inside when you get too high, uh, all that stuff. Ron Roberts, I think what you're going to see, and it starts with shutting down the run and getting AM into those predictable downs, is, is I think you're going to see him give a lot of different looks. But but what I hope that we'll see is that Ron Roberts gives a lot of the same look pre-snap and does a lot of different things out of it. 
because it's one thing to sit here and say, okay, I'm giving a lot of different looks pre-snap. He's having to check the protection. It's another thing to show the same look, see how he's checking the protection, and be able to not only bring different things at it in the beginning, but that front seven, that defensive line goes over on the sideline when they get off the field and they say, Coach, whenever we're getting in this look, he is checking to a slide protection. All right, they're they're having the back, we're at the back side, this, that, and the other. And then you build pressures off of knowing what he's going to check out and uh, check into protection-wise from that same look. So show the same pre-snap look, bring it. Show the same pre-snap look, drop it. Show the same pre-snap look, change it. It's like a bop it, right? You know, hit it, squeeze it, <laughs> twist it, bop it. That's what you have to do. You got to turn this game into a bop it game against this A&M defense. Let them play. Let's play a game of you show me yours, I'll show you mine. And that's what I think you're going to get on Saturday. Uh, Jake Crane showing his age with the bop it reference. I know, uh, right? <laughs> Jake, okay, uh, last matchup I want to talk about. You know, if you're AM, based on the tape, how are you stopping this Auburn team? What are you keying in on here to make sure that you shut down this offense and you walk away with the win at home on Saturday? I am I am trying to muddy up the read for Peyton Thorne as much as possible. And mm. that's not as complicated as what it sounds. A&M's problem defensively against Miami, as I mentioned, they never really adjusted. They didn't really have a bunch of answers. I think they were shocked that Miami got in a drop back game and said, look, we'll throw this thing 35 times if we have to. I don't think they think they were going to do that. But you change up the leverage of the nickel, right? You, you, you mix fronts and try and confuse the offensive line a little bit in the ground game. But most importantly, you make Peyton Thorne have to think. You mix it up with him kind of on the on the seams, as I call it, because Peyton Thorne has not shown the ability to read one of these games clean. He has not had a clean game from a read standpoint. Now, AM probably early is going to go line up in base. All right. That's what they're going to do. But I would not be shocked if you saw Auburn come out, because if you really watch the tape on Auburn's offense, I mean, they've been vanilla. I mean, they have been peanut butter and jelly from a formation standpoint in the passing game, in the run game, from personnel groupings, from motions. It's been very base stuff, which tells me that they've been holding a lot back, trying to get through those games just by being better. I think you saw that a little bit against Cal. That's why it was kind of the struggle bus for a long time. Waiting for 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 this string of games to be able to just open the box and and let let some of the 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 nuance pop out from an offensive play calling standpoint. So if a And M runs out there and they're giving them a bunch of base and they're able to make it clean for Peyton Thorne to be able to read it, that's best case scenario for Auburn. But I don't think you're going to get that. I think they're going to show a lot of different looks to try and muddy up the RPO read for Peyton Thorne so that Auburn has to get out of it because if they got to get out of the RPOs, you stop putting pressure on three places and you start putting pressure on two places. Then if that's not working, you start only putting pressure on one place and then you're in big trouble. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, uh, again, how they attack this Auburn offense from a defensive standpoint. Um, I, I know everyone in the SEC will be watching. Jay, give me a, give me a prediction on this one, man. What, what is your feeling about this game? Who wins and why? Look, it's uh, I opened one of the, the shows this week talking about, look, Auburn's playing pretty much with house money this weekend. And, yeah. and that doesn't mean that the standard's lowered, but you have to be able to see the beach through the forest. A&M is stacked recruiting class on recruiting class. They have depth. They have a lot more depth and a lot more talent across the board than Auburn has. That doesn't mean that Auburn can't win this game. 
That doesn't mean that Auburn can't go in there and play cleaner and play more focused. I think one of the biggest keys for Auburn to win is they need to start good early because all the pressure is on Texas A&M. Mm. And if Auburn's able to jump out and Auburn's able to show that, that they can hang in there and this is going to be a 15-round fight, you're going to start to be able to feel it through the TV. You'll be able to feel it through the fans there. You'll be able to feel it through the coaching staff. Then you start trying to force things as a player, and that's how mistakes happen. So uh, nothing ever surprises me anymore, but I think this is going to be a tough test. If Auburn doesn't win and it doesn't look perfect, it's not the end of the world. It's fine to be disappointed. You should be disappointed when Auburn loses. But but I'm telling Auburn fans to do this. During the game, have your computer, your laptop, whatever, your phone pulled up to Auburn's commit list for this class. And every time you feel bad about, oh, man, Auburn made a bad play or Auburn's not as good as Texas A&M, go ahead and take a look at that commit list and think about how much better you feel about the future of Auburn in the hands of Hugh Freeze since we moved on from the Harson hostage crisis. So I'm going to pick A&M to win this one. Uh, I think it's going to be somewhat low scoring, a little bit ugly, uglier than what people think. I like A&M. 27-17 feels about right to me. 27-17. My prediction was 31-21. Uh, yeah, so, about, about right. About yeah, right. great minds think alike. Uh, I want to mm. thank Jay Crane from Crane & Co. Go check them out on Daily Wire. Jake, tell the people uh, how they can find your work and what you're doing these days. Definitely, man. Well, uh, it's always a pleasure to come on. You guys do a fantastic job over here. Uh, love ch- chopping it up with y'all. Yeah, Daily Wire is easy. Probably the easiest way is to go to YouTube. Uh, it's Crane and Company, C-R-A-I-N and Company. Uh, we're talking everything college football in the NFL. We have live call-ins, a live chat. We go live in the morning, 6.30 a.m. to 8 a.m. Central. But, I mean, it stays on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and YouTube forever. Uh, so, yeah, come check us out. Uh, we got a Saturday game day special. Uh, with David Pollock this Saturday. So uh, we're going to drop that Friday night. And then uh, we do a Sunday recap and uh, NFL preview on Sunday morning. So yeah, come hang out with us. Perfect. Thanks. Thanks, Jake, for joining us. Guys, that's it for another great edition of the Auburn Express powered by the War Report. Check us out. Subscribe on everything on YouTube, on podcasts. We're everywhere you can listen to your podcast. So we appreciate you, Jake, for joining us. We're signing off. And as always, where are you going?